we have a good opportunity to train in Dhamma and practice Dhamma to improve our mind. Even if sometimes we may be a bit careless and lose ourselves somewhat, but when we have wisdom, we then establish our mindfulness and bring up our awareness anew. We recompose ourselves. We may have missed out on our sitting meditation, missed out on walking meditation, missed out on contemplation, but we come back again to practice Dhamma. We have to keep trying because the greed, anger and delusion will pull our minds down to be lowered. This is normal for it. So we have to practice and go against the current. Go against the current of the world in order to get to the current of the Dhamma. That is flowing to the current of the Dhamma. This is just having wisdom to know that rupa materiality and nama mentality are anichang dukkang anatta, impermanent, unsatisfactory and not self. Here when we practice Dhamma, then we need to have inspiration for our hearts, the inspiration to practice. So what will we get out of it? Like when we do our group pujas and chant, what resulting benefits will there be? We will have a mind that is uplifted and joyous. By having contemplated the verses of chanting, we have rapture, inner pleasure and peace in the mind. So seeing that there are a lot of resulting benefits from having praised the virtues of the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, then we won't miss out on it for even a day. Before we sleep, we will chant. Or if we have time, especially for the monastics, then they have to do chanting as a foundation. Both chanting in the morning and evening, it has to be done. It is a duty, which is done out of faith, not because of being forced to do it. It is done with faith and confidence in the chanting. We are coming close to the Buddha. If it was in the time of the Buddha, we would have to go bow to the Buddha every day. Or we determine that the Buddha is in the Uposada Hall, in the hall, and so we have to go bow to the Buddha, to chant and meditate and to recollect him. And we may ask for forgiveness from him for our faults of Gaya Gama, Wajigama, Manogama, through any wrongdoing of body, speech and mind done towards the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, we ask for forgiveness. And we do our chanting as well. We praise the virtues of the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. So we need to have inspiration of heart in building goodness. The lay people have inspiration to give alms and to make merit. It relies on inspiration, especially in supporting Buddhism and in helping society one needs to have inspiration, inspiration and being pleased with doing it, which makes us do any work and activities successfully. When we have full inspiration like this, then we now have effort. We need to have effort and determination. We will become free from suffering because of effort. We will succeed in our studies because of effort. Having inspiration already, then we need to have effort in doing goodness and in doing studies and work. 
but effort needs to be imbued with wisdom as well. By being too confident in ourselves, not listening to others, and not being circumspect in knowing, we can make mistakes and be ruined. So effort needs to be correct as well. And this effort is effort in what? We will notice that in our lives we have many experiences. There are many bad things that have come up and we have to give that up. Even in our clean house there will be dust and dirtiness appearing and we need to get rid of it. And we need to protect against it as well. And when the dust has appeared then we need to clean it, pack it up, sweep, wipe and mop it as well. That is the effort on the outside. And the effort on the inside is effort in looking after the mind. Usually the mind is clear. And then, what is it that comes in? It is the chelases, the mental defilements, that come in and cling onto the mind constantly. By what way do the greed, anger and delusion come in? Through the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind. When it has already entered, we may just remain indifferent to them and we don't act or respond. But the greed, anger and delusion has entered into the mind already. We see it and we think it's nothing, but it has already entered. So when we receive these moods and mind states, we have to be careful. That we say to not be heedless, this is being careful with the mind objects that enter the mind. Don't be careless that we think we aren't affected by it. They seem still, and the mind seems good and knows, but we need to be careful about it. It's like one piece of glass that has dust clinging onto it. Then we need to keep continually cleaning and wiping it. If we just keep on looking at it and don't do anything at all, then the dust will get thicker and thicker and thicker. The glass becomes murkier, murkier and murkier. It is not clean. By not doing anything, we are lacking effort. Or if we have a car and we just leave it every day for the dust to cling and accumulate, for the grime to build up, the asphalt to build up, then the car is not clean and is dirty. One who has effort will clean the car, wash it, wipe it down, make it clean on the outside and inside. And so we'll want to use it. If it's a house, then we'll want to live in it. If it's a car, it's good to use. It's clean. So if we see the drawbacks of it not being clean, of it being dirty, and we see the benefit of the car that is clean, and it is good for one's health, the mind is the same. If we leave one piece of glass and then the dust gathers and thickens and later it's stickier and harder to clean. But if we are diligent and make an effort, then what is a kusala, unskillful, and the bad karma that arises, we attempt to give it up. The dust that clings onto the glass, we try to wipe it clean every day. Then the glass is clear the mind is clean. When we maintain the mind to be clean continually, then we will know the cause of why it isn't clean. It is not clean because there are dirty things entering. So we are careful of it, 
careful of it not coming up as well. If it has arisen already, then we are diligent and make an effort to make it clean. And here about kusala, goodness, that if it hasn't arisen, then we have to be diligent about bringing up goodness. It doesn't arise easily. If the mood or object of goodness has arisen, then we try to do it, which is about making merit and doing dana, generosity. Some people think to make merit. They have the thoughts coming up, but they just leave it, and then it's hard to do. They think to do dana, but the mental defilements arise and it's hard to do. But those who do dana regularly can do it easily. They have a mind that sees only of making merit and doing dana, of doing charity and helping others. Wherever there are those who are not doing well and in trouble, they try to help. This is someone who knows about merit or it is someone who has fallen into the current of building goodness, of doing merit. The mind is radiant like a dewa, a divine being. This is doing goodness in making merit and giving dana. And when they have the opportunity, they will keep sila, the moral precepts constantly, and not be without it. In the Vasa, the three-month rains retreat, and outside of the rains retreat, They have kept the eight precepts every lunar observance day, and so when it's the rains retreat, they do it as well. After the rains retreat, they do it as well. This is someone who has fallen into the current of keeping sila. They do it every day without fail. It is merit done regularly, and it is good karma built constantly. When we have goodness, then we maintain it as well. Doing merit giving dana, keeping sila, developing bhavana, mental cultivation, it develops higher. When we can keep sila, then we have an opportunity and time to train in mindfulness and samadhi, concentration, fully. Sometimes when we have the opportunity, we can come and stay for nine days, stay for one month, stay for three months to practice bhavana, both monks and lay people can train the mind. We see what is of benefit, and the important thing is the mind. When our body is well, then what has the most value is the mind, more than all diamonds, gems, and all the outer things. All those things have never followed anyone. They are coarse materials that stay in the world. They are not anyone's. They are the world's, but whoever attaches to it has to watch out. Whoever holds and clings onto their bag being theirs has to be careful. It will be suffering. On getting it, one is pleased. When it leaves, one is displeased. Whatever we get, whether it's people, animals, things, if we attach and cling onto them and it parts from us, Then we cry. Why? Because wisdom has not arisen. But they are just that way. Even if we cry, they aren't interested at all. Because it is the nature of them to be like that. We need to have mindfulness and wisdom. This is our training in sila, training in samadhi to be firm, 
and to develop wisdom. We know well that if we have wisdom, we can be free from suffering. But that needs to start from the inspiration to build goodness and by having effort. We have effort towards whatever arises in the mind, to all the many things that we don't like, to the views that we don't like that are not to our liking, like restless thinking we don't like. But what are we to do? We aren't an arahant. We aren't a noble being, so we have to have thoughts like this as normal. Mostly, in the beginning, if one is a patujana, common being, then one thinks of just bad things. There is fault-finding and harmful thoughts in the mind, more than good ones. But later on, when we see the fault in that, we see that it is not good, but we can't yet do anything about it. We have sila and endure it first. We endure and bear with it first through our sila, just like we are doing, and so we restrain it, and then it can't do anything. The mental defilements are there, but they can't do anything to us, because we don't act on them. It's like a tiger in a cage, and we don't give it any food or water, and then it loses its strength by itself. There are mental defilements, but we don't act on it, and we restrain it. So like this, we can restrain it through the spiritual perfection of sila that is strict. In the beginning, all people that are born indulge and enjoy the world. There are things to be enjoyed and that we like. No one wants to practice samadhi. Why practice being still? which doesn't bring any benefit at all. The wisdom to know about Anichang, Dukkang, Anatta is for the monks. We aren't going to that path of purity and freedom from suffering. We like sensual enjoyment more. But we may see the faults of the mind that is chaotic and that thinks endlessly. For some people, they may get to the end of their life because it has been tough and torturous to live in this world until the mind feels like it can't bear it anymore. Their mindfulness is too little. There is the sickness of the body, and the sickness eats up the mind. So even if there is some sickness of the body, as being normal according to one's lifespan, but don't let there be any sickness in the mind. Don't let it arise. If it arises, and we try to let it go, the sickness of the mind is from the mental defilements that cling onto our mind. When it arises, then we try to give it up. If it has not yet arisen, we try not to let it arise. When the goodness has arisen, we try to maintain it. We make our mind strong, and we try to maintain it and look after it. We try bringing it up more, and ultimately we will be complete in dana which we can do regularly, and our spiritual perfection of sila is complete, and we practice bhavana and samadhi, and ultimately we will understand the Dhamma. We can see and know the Dhamma. And this comes from the goodness that we started doing and building bit by bit. It's coming from us seeing suffering, and that we tried to search for a way out, and we gave dana 